This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 89. And today we hear about Do Animals Fart? And the answer to the question is yes, they do. As a matter of fact, um, any species with any type of a lower digestive tract and an opening, well, they pass gas. There's no doubt about it. Sometimes minuscule and sometimes enormous. And some use it as a form of communications, believe it or not. And I want to welcome everybody to this episode number 89 of the Visit the Zoo podcast. And I am your host, Frederick Fishman. And I am the author of the 12-book, 120-animal Visit the Zoo series of Kindle books and print books on Amazon, as well as audiobooks on audible.com, which is an Amazon company, and also a DVD. I want to give you a heads up before we get started here, a couple of our websites. We have a new company, company that we recently started, and it really sprang from the research that I've done about the plastic pollution that's choking our planet and killing millions of animals, mostly marine animals around the world. This company is called Grocery-Bags.com. That's Grocery-Bags.com. And I'm offering a line of very unique, reusable grocery and tote bags with fantastic designs. We have over 600 designs now up. If you go to Grocery-Bags.com. Also, if you want to help us out here on the Visit the Zoo podcast and keep the lights on and help defray some of the production costs, which keep on rolling on, please go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash visit the zoo. Okay, let's get started. First of all, let's start off with our news segment. And this first news story is uh, from an introduction that I got from a website called genreviews.com. That's J-E-N-R-E-V-I-E-W-S.com. And they have a large Google and Facebook presence. And they describe themselves as an authority on everything food, fitness, and home. Well, they also have interest in the animal world, and I learned something from an email that they sent me that they've just published a great online article called Learning from Zoos, 11 Brilliant Mental Exercises for Your Dogs. Uh, let me give you the website for that, yourdogadvisor.com slash zoo-mental-exercise.com, and that's from genreviews.com. Anyhow, this article is about ways to keep your, your dog interested in life and lively. And it starts out by saying that if you've ever had to keep your dog cooped up all day or for a day or two, you probably know that you, that a bored dog can be pretty annoying. And mental exercise is one of the best ways to keep your dog or any animal entertained. Your dog is happiest when he gets to use his brain. And it's probably even happier if food gets involved. So mental exercise is a great way to keep your dog happy and healthy. And there's just a couple of things that they've picked up here. And these are mental exercises that they've gotten from zoos. 
and zoo animals receive many of the same benefits from mental exercises that your pets receive. And what happens when they don't get mental exercise? Well, there's lethargy and weight gain, stress, loss of appetite. They've done some research on this. And there's a lot of things that you can do to help them avoid this hyperactivity or lethargy or chewing destruction. First of all, they give them puzzle toys. These are fairly simple puzzle toys, but they also give them novel foods too. Another way they do it, especially in summertime, is give them frozen toys or foods. Popsicles are a great way to cool down on a hot summer day, whether you're a human or an animal. And there's also novel activities too like strange new toys that they haven't seen before. Also, they like to move them around occasionally in zoos, which you can do the same thing with your animal too, and show them new and exciting things to see and do, whether it's a travel to a park or to some location. Also training behaviors too. But there are lots of ways that you can interest them with food, of course, which is their main focus. And some of the fun foods that you can try feeding your dog are canned pumpkin, Seedless watermelon, no rinds, please. Banana slices, carrots, celery, unflavored gelatin, and mango. Dogs would love that. You know, give them some kind of a new mat or some kind of a new pillow or something. They love to meet people, and of course they love to meet other dogs, and they also like to meet new types of animals, too, that they haven't seen before, other types of pets. Again, that is from an article that you can read uh, from yourdogadvisor.com slash zoo-mental-exercise.com. The title of the article, the extensive article, is Learning from Zoo's 11 Brilliant Mental Exercises for Your Dog, and it is from Gen Reviews, that's J-E-N-R-E-V-I-E-W-S dot com. And our second story, again, we try and focus one of the stories every single week on the terrible situation with plastic pollution that's choking our planet. And this is about Ireland, and the title of the article is Ireland to Reduce Waste by Cutting Out Single-Use Plastic. And you remember last episode, episode number 88, we talked about how Germany was also going to pass legislation to do the same thing. So this is happening around the world. And I know I've said in giving you statistics over the last couple of episodes that over 63 countries, well now with Ireland and Germany, over 65 countries around the world have legislation or are actively pursuing legislation to ban the use of plastics. The article is about Ireland and they are ready to say goodbye to plastic cutlery balloon sticks, grocery bags, and so on, as a way to drastically reduce the amount of waste in Irish landfills, according to Ireland's national broadcaster, RTE. Speaking at a waste summit in Dublin, the Minister for Communications, Richard Burton, said the government is working on mapping out a plan to ban all these types of plastics. The minister hosted a waste summit with over 100 key players from industry, local authorities, waste collectors, household representative groups, and NGOs. The ambitious new policies will have far-reaching implications for retailers, especially supermarkets, of course, fast food restaurants, manufacturers. Managing our resources properly is crucial to securing a better, more sustainable Ireland for a future generation, said Burton, 
according to the Irish Times. So, as you can see, there is a march towards banning these plastics, and that is why I have started a company to produce reusable grocery bags and tote bags with hundreds of designs that will certainly sing to something of in your interest range, and that is at grocery-bags.com, grocery-bags.com. And that is our news, animal news, for today. All right, it's animal description time, and we've gone through 88 episodes where I have discussed all types of animals. Now we're going to talk a little bit about animal behavior, and that is about flatulence. Flatulence that sounds something like this. (laughs) That is the flatulence of a cat. Now, humans, you and I, we fart on an average of 14 times a day. And now my question is, how did they get those statistics? Who is doing the counting? Who's got that job to do the counting? We as humans produce about a half a liter of gas every single day. That's about the same amount as an average-sized filled balloon. But cows, elephants, snakes, fish, they all produce flatulence. The smelliest of all those farts is caused by hydrogen sulfide, which smells like rotten eggs. And meat and eggs and high-protein sources are the cause of the hydrogen sulfide, which means that carnivores like us and tigers and other types of animals that eat meat are the most potent. The larger leaf eaters like elephants and giraffes, uh, their anal odor is, how can I put it there, it's sweeter than... uh, the meat eaters. Which animals flatulate the most? Well, it's not cows, believe it or not. They do produce a great amount, but they're only responsible for about 4% of the greenhouse gas emissions in the air. So then what animal produces the most flatulence and contributes to the most of the greenhouse gases? More than cars, planes, and factories put together? Termites. Termites produce the most methane. A Japanese scientists believe that a type of beetle that lives in Japan produces farts that contain pheromones to attract the females. Some of these animals, like a herring, they flatulate as a form of enunciation or communication to keep schools of large groups of other herrings together. They do this by making the noise and other herrings hear it, I guess. Anyhow, have you had enough? All right, maybe you want some samples of what some of these sound like. And strangely enough, after I recorded all these and I listened to it and edited them down for you to, to enjoy, a lot of these sound alike, like this one. Well, as you can hear, that's a dog, all right? Here's another one. I don't know whether you could pick that one out, but that is a lion. How about another dog? All right. How about an elephant? Want another dog? You got it. Yep. And one more dog, okay? (laughs) 
about a deer. And here is the best of the best. This is a hippopotamus who was recorded in a zoo. occur as if you didn't know already and it's amazing how discussion of this has gone on uh, throughout the centuries one of the greatest statesmen in our country one of the founding fathers benjamin franklin who had a multifaceted mind he was seemingly interested in everything even stomach gas he wrote something called a letter to a royal academy about farting and it was an essay that was written about flatulence in 1781 while he was living abroad as ambassador to France. In his letter composed to the Royal Academy was in response to a call for scientific papers from the Royal Academy of Brussels. And Franklin believed that the various academic societies in Europe were increasingly pretentious and concerned with the impractical. Revealing his body and scurrilous side, Franklin responded with an essay suggesting that research and practical reasoning be undertaken into methods of improving the odor of human flatulence. Now, this essay was never submitted, but was sent as a letter to Richard Price, a Welsh philosopher and Unitarian minister in England. I can imagine what he must have thought when he got this from Benjamin Franklin. And this is part of the text. I'll, I'll read this. It's a little clunky, but that's the way they wrote back then. I have perused your late mathematical prize question, proposed in lieu of one in natural philosophy for the ensuing year. Permit me then humbly to propose one of that sort for your consideration, and though, if you approve it, for a serious inquiry of learned physicians and chemists of this enlightened age. It is universally well known that in digesting our common food, there is or created, produced in the bowels of human creatures, a great quantity of wind that the permitting this air to escape and mix with the atmosphere is usually offensive to the company from the fetid smell that accompanies it. That all well-bred people, therefore, to avoid giving such a vent, forcibly restrain the efforts of nature to discharge that wind. All right? On top of worrying about the American Revolution and electricity and hundreds of other interesting inventions of Benjamin Franklin. He was concerned about flatulence. All right, and we come now to the section of the podcast where I read some animal jokes or read some poetry, and I think, my God, we're going to need something like this today. This is a poem entitled Deer, and it's written by John Drinkwater, who was a English poet from 1882 to 1937. And again, this is called Deer. Shy in their herding dwell, the fallow deer. They are spirits of wild sense, nobody near. Comes upon their pastures, 
there a life they live of sufficient beauty, phantom, fugitive, treading as in jungles free leopards do, printless as eve light, instant as dew. The great kind are patient and homecoming sheep, knowing our bidding the fallow deer keep. Delicate and far, their counsels wild, never to be folded, reconciled. To the spoiling hand, as the poor flocks are, lightfoot and swift and unfamiliar. These you may not hinder, unconfined, beautiful flocks of mine. That is a wrap for episode number 089 of the Visit the Zoo podcast, a certainly different type of podcast today. And I want to thank you very much for joining me on this Visit the Zoo podcast. We really appreciate you listening to us. And again, our two websites of interest that I want to mention today are our products that we've just started putting out, reusable grocery and tote bags, and you can take a look at them at grocery-bags.com. And again, that's grocery-bags.com. And if you want to help us out here on the Visit the Zoo podcast and help us with some of our costs for equipment and hosting and production and everything else that has to do with this podcast, please visit us at patreon.com slash visit the zoo. So until next week, thank you very much for joining me. Take care. Bye for now.